Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you, Father, for giving us the privilege to be partakers of life. We thank you for your goodness and mercy in our lives, and we worship you and say may all glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Dear Father in heaven, we ask that you grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Your word says we shall receive power after the Spirit has come upon us, power to live like the sons of God. Lord, please give us such a power that we may glorify your name on this earth. As we go through the words of our devotion, please, Lord, inspire us, teach us, guide us. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord, for I cannot say anything that will benefit anyone except you help me. Therefore, Lord, help and use me as an instrument to bless all who will be listening. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 2 A life and death matter. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Genesis chapter 32 verse 26 Jacob, in the great crisis of his life, turned aside to pray. He was filled with one overmastering purpose, to seek for transformation of character. It was in a lonely, mountainous region, the haunt of wild beasts and lurking place of robbers and murderers. Solitary and unprotected, Jacob bowed in deep distress upon the earth. With earnest cries and tears, he made his prayer before God. Suddenly, a strong hand was laid upon him. He thought that an enemy was seeking his life, and he endeavored to wrest himself from the grasp of his assailant. In the darkness, the two struggled for the mastery. Not a word was spoken, but Jacob put forth all his strength and did not relax his efforts for a moment. While he was thus battling for his life, the sense of his guilt pressed upon his soul. His sins rose up before him to shut him out from God. But in his terrible extremity, he remembered God's promises, and his whole heart went out in entreaty for his mercy. The struggle continued until near the break of day, when the stranger placed his finger upon Jacob's thigh and he was crippled instantly. The patriarch now discerned the character of his antagonist. He knew that he had been in conflict with a heavenly messenger, and this was why his almost superhuman effort had not gained the victory. It was Christ, the angel of the covenant, who had revealed himself to Jacob. The patriarch was now disabled and suffering the keenest pain, but he would not lose in his hold. He urged, Let me go, for the day breaketh. But Jacob answered, 
I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Had this been a boastful, presumptuous confidence, Jacob would have been instantly destroyed. But his was the assurance of one who confesses his unworthiness, yet trusts the faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God. That for which Jacob had vainly wrestled in his own strength was one true self-surrender and steadfast faith. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A Life and Death Matter. Our key text is taken from the book of Genesis chapter 32 verse 26 and it says, And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. These were words spoken between Christ himself and Jacob after an encounter they had together. Before this encounter, as we have already seen previously, Jacob had worked under his uncle Laban, and the Lord appeared to him after about 20 years of working under Laban, and things were not going very well with him. Laban wasn't dealing with him in a just manner. The Lord appeared to Jacob in a dream and told him to leave Laban's house. He did leave. And where was he going to? The Lord told him to go back to his father's house, that is Isaac. And who else is there? He's expecting to meet Rebekah. But then, there's someone else waiting for him. And that is Esau, the brother who had sworn to kill Jacob once Isaac is dead. But since that day, Jacob ran away from the house. Esau was not one who was looking for spiritual blessings. All he wanted was the possessions of his father. Esau did not care about Jacob. He, in his own mind, did not want to leave even one thing for Jacob. He wanted all his father's wealth to himself. And he didn't want any rivalry on that matter. Though he was just older than Jacob with mere seconds. It didn't matter to Esau. As far as he was concerned, the possessions of Isaac were his own and he would not entertain any rivalry from anybody. Now here he was thinking that Jacob is someone who is a rival to himself, his own brother, and he will not entertain that. So if he hears that Jacob is coming back to the house, it sounds to him like trouble is coming back to the house. It sounds to him like my competitor is coming back, like my rival and my enemy is coming back. Jacob knew all of this. Though the Lord had told him to go back to his father's house, it was with mixed feelings that he was going back. Yeah, there's the joy of wanting to see his mother, Rebekah, and his father, Isaac, whom he certainly missed so much. He missed them and he wanted to see them. But then, there's that other part. His brother, his own brother, that he cheated. And there's no way that day will not come back to Jacob's mind. The last day he spent in that house was the day when he manifested that evil that was in his heart. Jacob, as we read in previous devotions, was always scheming to find a way to take the birthright from Esau. And one day when his mother suggested it, he manifested it. But before that day, when he was supposed to give his brother food for free, free, he was supposed to help his brother who was hungry. Instead, in his in the unconverted nature of his mind, but I would say, which I would say was really, really covetous of Jacob. 
he chose to sell the birthright. Esau himself, who did not value that birthright, could have looked in indignation at Jacob and said to him, Is that how low you will fall just to give me one plate of food? You want me to sell my birthright to you? Esau should have despised that thing that Jacob did, but he also was even worse than Jacob and chose to sell the birthright. And Jacob, who also had a bad heart in doing what he did, felt, Okay, I've gotten the birthright. You see, Jacob's life is one that has a mixture of characters. There's the good part of him. And then there's the other part of him that lacks faith, that lacks trust in God. And that lack of faith and lack of trust was manifested over and over again. I'll take us back to something we read in one of our devotions. We read concerning Jacob. In Conflict and Courage, page 60, paragraph 5, it says, But while he, that's Jacob, thus esteemed eternal above temporal things, Jacob had not an experimental knowledge of the God whom he revered. His heart had not been renewed by divine grace. He believed that the promise concerning himself could not be fulfilled so long as Esau retained the rights of the firstborn, and he constantly studied to devise some way whereby he might secure the blessing which his brother held so lightly but which was so precious to himself end of quote there is no way jacob wasn't constantly studying how to take this birthright from esau if not that thought will not come to his mind that day when esau was hungry and asking for food saying he was at the point to die which he wasn't at the point to die anyway but he was said because he was a profane person i'm at the point to die he just wanted that food wanted to taste the food jacob took advantage of it because he was already entertaining such thoughts in his mind ever since thinking of how to take that better ride from esau and it was out of a false perception which is that he felt that the promise that the lord had made from his birth from before his birth actually that the younger will be the one that will rule the elder and the elder will serve the younger he felt that that promise can never be fulfilled unless he takes that birthright and he resorted to doing what he did that was wickedness he did there and then furthermore he deceived jacob's life was one like i said that is mixed there was in him holy ambition which is good a desire to glorify God, a desire to be the one whom the Lord will use to bring glory to his name. He was not looking for wealth like Esau. He was not looking for the worldly things and the temporal things of this world. No, Jacob wasn't like that. He was looking for spiritual blessings. But then he used a temporal way, a sinful way to get spiritual blessings. So you see that in Jacob's life, there was a really terrible mixture and the Lord wanted to help Jacob. Jacob himself knew that something was wrong with him and as he is going back home now he remembers the sin that he committed when the last day of his uh, stay in his father's house he deceived his father and Esau threatened to kill him the mother told him to leave the father blessed him told him to go and get a wife from the house of Laban now he's going back and he has this series of bad decisions he has made when he came to Laban's house like I've said earlier you can see it manifested the lack of faith in Jacob's life where he worked out his own way on who to marry we don't see him trying to pray to God to tell him which one what do I do instead he resorted to polygamy also when Laban told him okay you would I will give you wages and then Laban told him the flock 
that is uh, white will be yours and the black will be mine speckled ones will be mine jacob resorted to scheming again and deceived laban so that he would use some biological knowledge while not telling laban that that was what he was doing imagine an employee doing that to his employer and he deceived to get the wealth and then laban tried to deceive him again which was god still trying to correct jacob even though he used laban to do that god was trying to correct jacob to stop interfering and have faith but jacob would always interfere and put his hand into the matter unlike isaac when isaac's well was taken from him isaac left it alone when another well was taken from him isaac left it alone until the last one that nobody strove for it isaac said now i know the lord has blessed me that night the lord appeared to isaac and told him i am the god of your father abraham and i will bless you why isaac passed his test he did not resort to fighting he did not resort to deception he did not resort to any sinful scheme so that he would get what he wanted abraham also was the same there was a time when he had that issue with lot and he knew the lord had blessed him also just like jacob knew that god had blessed him god said that he was going to inherit the land but here came a time when abraham and lot had a quarrel and they had to take the land i abraham didn't say the lord has blessed me therefore i must stay in this place and i'll choose first abraham allowed lot to take the first choice and and lot made the first choice and chose covetously and left Abraham in a place that was not as fertile as the one Lot chose. I mean, Abraham supposed to have said, how is God going to fulfill his promise for me now that I am in this place? But he didn't say that. The Lord appeared to him immediately when Lot left and told Abraham, look west, east, north, south, all this land, I'm going to give it to you because Abraham had faith. Jacob lacked faith in God. And all this series of decision that he had made always interfering when God's supposed to come true for him. He would always put his hand into it and find a way to get what he wants, not leaving things for God to do for him. This was a problem for him. But now, Jacob was seeking for transformation of character. His was a life of lack of faith in God. Like we've said, in many ways, you see the lack of conversion revealed in his life though he had a humble and noble and a good ambition but frequently his evil and perverse nature got the better of him different from his father isaac and also his grandfather abraham he lacked faith and submission to god's will this was jacob's problem now reading from patriarchs and prophet page 195 down to 196 we see jacob's journey back to his father's house it says yet Jacob felt, even in this situation now, as he's going back home, remember his problem, always trying to interfere, always trying to get things for his own way, here he's doing it again, yet Jacob felt that he had something to do to secure his own safety. He therefore dispatched messengers with a conciliatory greeting to his brother. He instructed them as to the exact words in which they were to address Esau. It had been foretold before the birth of the two brothers that the elder should serve the younger. And lest the memory of this should be a cause of bitterness, Jacob told the servants they were sent to my lord Esau when brought before him. They were to refer to their master as thy servant Jacob and to remove the fear that he was returning a destitute wanderer to claim the paternal inheritance jacob was careful to state in his message i have oxen and asses flocks and men servants and women servants and i have sent to tell my lord 
that I may find grace in thy sight. Let me stop here for a while. This was the words of Jacob. What was he intending to achieve with these words? Not that they are bad words. But you see once more, Jacob is trying to do something to help himself. Did he need to do this? Well, did it work? It did not work. Esau got got angry. Even though they called him my lord. Even though Jacob was called thy servant. Even though he said, I have ox and women servants and main servants. And he's saying, I want to find grace in your sight. Esau planned now, I'm going to kill him. Continuing the reading, says, But the servants returned with the tidings that Esau was approaching with 400 men, and no response was sent to the friendly message. It appeared certain that he was coming to seek revenge. Terror pervaded the camp. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He could not go back. And he feared to advance. His company, unarmed and defenseless, were wholly unprepared for a hostile encounter. He accordingly divided them into two bands, so that if one should be attacked, the other might have an opportunity to escape. He sent from his vast flocks generous presents to Esau with a friendly message. He did all in his power to atone for the wrong to his brother and to avert the threatened danger. And then, in humiliation and repentance, he pleaded for divine protection. Thou sayest unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. End of quote. Such an appealing and touching plea from Jacob. Now, he is put in a situation where he has never been put before. Every time Jacob always schemed one thing or the other to get what he wants. This time, there is no scheming that can help Jacob. He has his help only in the Lord. When it came to Laban's case, when he wanted to get the better of Laban, he knew what to do and he got it. When he wanted to get the better of Esau, he knew what to do and he got it. And when he wanted to escape from Laban, he knew what to do and he did it. Now, in Esau's case, it did not work. What he did was not necessarily wrong in asking Esau, calling him my servant, uh, my lord and himself being the servant. But it didn't work this time. Now he would learn to have faith and depend on God alone. And making this great plea to the Lord, the Lord certainly heard him. In Patriarchs and Prophet, page 196, paragraph 2, he says, They had now reached the river Jabbok, and as night came on, Jacob sent his family across the ford of the river. While he alone remained behind, he had decided to spend the night in prayer, and he desired to be alone with God. God could soften the heart of Esau. In him was the patriarch's only hope. Amen. Before, it was not only in the Lord that Jacob had hope. It was not only in God. It, Jacob had hope in his intelligence. He always had hope in his practice of deception. But now, in only God, he had hope. In Laban's case, he had hope 
in changing uh, in making sure that whatever the animals were looking at that is what they, their color will be and he was not necessarily see you see there are times in our life when we feel like we are trusting in god but we're not really trusting in god we're actually trusting in our intelligence we're actually trusting in a brother or in the connections that we have one place or another you may be like jacob today you think you trust god you think you have faith in god but you have been exercising your faith in your own self and saying oh the lord blessed me you cheat in the exams and you say it was the lord who gave me the grace to overcome you do things that you're not supposed to do you tell lies and you get a job and you say oh it's the lord who gave it to me you you just tell a small lie that's what they say it's a white lie just a small one and because of that you preserved your job or you got the job in the first place or you were able to make a very good deal in the business and then you keep saying giving testimonies in the church the lord is the one that blessed me oh you're like jacob you see god will bring you to a situation like this so that he can teach you not just to make a mess of you no to help you so that you will learn to have faith in him alone abraham and isaac were not like this they learned to have faith in god alone they were put through deep test jacob was not put through the test that abraham was put through to leave his own father's house then to even say ishmael to leave the house or when there was a famine to go to the land of egypt or go to the land of the philistines or was it the case of lot or was it the case of isaac sacrificing isaac abraham passed through a lot of tests jacob has not seen as much as that and yet he could not exercise faith in god the lord wanted to teach this man how to have faith now while he was praying another opportunity came before him to test his faith god knew just what jacob needed and came to him in the night as the lord came the lord placed his hand on his shoulder now in this area many people get the picture very wrong the lord held jacob and jacob was struggling to leave the grasp that was what was going on it's not that he was fighting the person jacob cannot fight the lord it's not possible what happened was the lord grasped him and he was trying to escape the grasp all through the night he was trying with power that was superhuman but jacob could not leave and he was thinking that this person was an enemy that has come to fight him because he didn't know it was and the grasp was really strong on him how would he escape he couldn't escape struggle and struggle and the person is holding him really tight what kind of fear must have taken over jacob and all through the night he was struggling and no one said a word to each other the person said not a word to him and he also said not a word to the person and they kept on he kept on struggling and struggling to put this picture in perspective i I even forgot to mention something in the book of genesis 32 reading verse 1 jacob had an evidence of god's protection but yet he was still afraid it says and jacob went on his way and the angels of god met him and when jacob saw them he said this is god's host and he called the name of the place mahanaim so here we see god even gave him a signal token of his protection but jacob had not learned to have faith in god as his father abraham and his father isaac now he finds himself in this struggle how did jacob go through this struggle while he was struggling he remembered the promise of god if it were you in jacob's shoes you would certainly remember your sins in that struggle jacob remembered his sins while he was in that struggle but then he did not let his sins to overwhelm him which is the lesson this is the lesson when we are in our own struggle don't let your sins overwhelm you jacob remembered the promises of god 
and it was the promise that he had faith in. He had just prayed before the struggle began and he had told God that I remember the promise that you have given to me. Please help me. Now he is entering the struggle. He could have been overwhelmed thinking, my sins have caught up with me. It is finally time for me to perish. But he remembered that the Lord had forgiven him. He remembered in the past that the Lord showed him that ladder, showing him and promising him that I will give you this land. Jacob exercised faith in that promise. And it was that faith in that promise that gave him the energy to continue to struggle. The Lord supplied him that energy to continue to struggle. And the Bible says in Genesis 32, reading from verse 24, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw, that's when the man saw, that he prevailed not against him, against Jacob, he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. What was it that took place here? The Lord gave Jacob strength, and it was the Lord who was fighting with him. But because Jacob depended upon God, how? By remembering the promises of God in that moment of extremity, Jacob prevailed. But then the Lord touched him on his just a finger on his thigh and he became crippled instantly and we read from the devotion conflict and courage page 67 paragraph 4 it says while he was thus battling for his life the sense of his guilt pressed upon his soul his sins rose up before him to shut him out from god but in his terrible extremity he remembered god's promises and his whole heart went out in entreaty for his mercy the struggle continued until near the break of day when the stranger placed his finger upon Jacob's thigh and he was crippled instantly. Jacob's victory came. Jacob's victory came when he laid hold on the promises of God. Brothers and sisters, here is a lesson for us. If we have been living a life like Jacob's own, we really believe in the Lord, we love the Lord, but now and then we are falling into sin like Jacob adultery here one time lost another time pornography lies here deception there irreverence here and there and yet you're still struggling you love the lord you want to keep his commandments and you are seeking transformation of character like jacob was the lord will take you through an experience and the lord's promises are for us if he has forgiven us our sins then we are to lay hold on the promise that he has said that he is faithful and just not only to forgive but to cleanse us of all unrighteousness it was on the promises of the lord that jacob leaned and in leaning on these promises he overcame whenever we are in a time of distress and it looks to us as though our sins have caught up with us and it looks as if your sins have finally found you out evil things are happening to you don't let it overwhelm you if you have confessed and forsaken your sins because Jacob had confessed and he had forsaken the sin but the knowledge the thought of it was still troubling him the, he was being reminded of his past that was what was going on here but he did not allow the knowledge of his past sins to overwhelm him instead he depended on the Lord the Lord's promises and that was how he prevailed so will it be with us when we remember the promises of the Lord if we have confessed then we can lean on the promises of the Lord and we shall be overcomers. 
this is a lesson for us because whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning upon whom the ends of the world are come that we may have comfort we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope there is hope for you brothers and sisters there's hope for me too if jacob could overcome i can overcome if jacob wrestled with the lord though he couldn't prevail and the lord touched him on his thigh to show him that this was no no mere human that was fighting with him or struggling with him it was the lord himself and the lord blessed him so will it be with us if we continue struggling against our natures if we continue to put effort like jacob was putting relying not on ourselves but on the promises of god we shall prevail amen let us pray our dear loving father in heaven thank you for giving us this message today we pray that our hearts shall be inspired with hope many of us have been struggling bad habits have taken over us and we see the past characters that we have had and it haunts us because of the things we have done and even now we are still struggling with our own selves lord we pray that you will give us the victory like jacob we pray that you will help us to wrestle and gain the victory lord and gain the blessing the blessing that you gave to jacob that it shall also be given to us as we seek transformation of character may we not seek it in vain but we may we really get that transformation of character through jesus christ our lord amen